is the founder of Fosterpreneur. Fosterpreneur provides entrepreneurial support and resources to alumni of the foster care system and underserved youth so they are inspired and equipped with mindset development and coaching to become successful entrepreneurs. One of the main goals of Belong Starts Here was not only to educate the masses about the success of foster children, but also to share the resources that are out there for the foster care alumni community. And so I'm really excited to have Erica with us today to kind of talk about fosterpreneur, what led her there, and kind of a little, a little bit about what makes her work important, as well as the stories of the children um, and the adults that she has helped welcome Erica Myers. Erica, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm so glad I get the opportunity to speak with you. And we had our overview and we were like, all right, this is gonna be an amazing conversation and it flowed so nicely. So I'm really excited to have you. Yeah, and I'm just excited to be here. You know, um, I know we'll get into things in a moment, but one of the things I appreciate about you is just providing the space, but also I feel like I've met you before. I feel like I know you, you know, just from one conversation. So I've been really looking forward to having this time to just chat with you more about what I do and just how we can just spread the word. So anyway, this has been the highlight of my day. <laughs> Yay, mine too. Mine too, as you know. <laughs> so I know I gave like a brief introduction of Fosterpreneur, but um, what would you say, like, for you, what was your caterpillar moment of kind of the motivation or your aha moment of saying, okay, this needs to flourish into a whole program, and I'm going to be the one to do it? I'm so glad you asked that question, Apu, because what I've come to realize is sometimes your lowest moment is actually your greatest moment. Um, and the reason why I start there is because sometimes in the midst of like your rock bottom or what's equivalent to that or really difficult times, that's the moment where you have a chance to reinvent yourself and kind of just rise above the ashes, more so to speak yeah. with that. And that's really how fosterpreneur came to be for me. Um, it didn't start at my rock bottom moment, but that's where that caterpillar moment happened for me. So um, to give a little context, um, I feel like this work chose me in so many ways. Um, I'm someone who always shares, like people assume because I'm so passionate about this that I've had a lived experience in foster care. And I make I make it clear that I have it because I, I understand that there's certain things that I just don't understand because of the nature of not having had that lived experience. But that doesn't mean that I can't be a strong advocate and really be that support system for foster care alums and others who have been impacted and touched by the foster care system. So to go a little deeper with the Caterpillar moment, um, I initially thought I was going to go into policy. Um, so what happened was I was introduced to working with foster care youth um, through my graduate program, University of Miami. Um, and I worked with an amazing organization, Casa Valentina. So shout out to Casa Valentina that provides subsidized housing, life skills, training and development with foster care youth. Um, in the greater, in South Florida, but particularly Miami. Um, and I started as an intern and program coordinator and that work was like, I never felt such a sense of purpose doing that work, um, doing any type of work as like I did during my time at Casa Valentina. Um, and that's something that always stuck with me and it still continues to stay with me because I carry those stories of the young moms, the young men, the young women that I met now over 10 years ago to be actually not over but now 10 years ago which is crazy to think about um and just to fast forward worked with another organization that served foster care youth in miami and then i was like i'm still seeing some of these same problems let me tackle policy that's the way that we can like transform these systems and given my background in graduate school studying community social change i was like oh this is the way that we're going to do this so Applied to White House internship. Um, one of my best friends from college was a White House intern before, and she helped guide me through the process. I had 
um, now, was it three? It was three or four interviews. I don't remember. And I was just feeling myself, Napu, because I'm like, oh, I'm in alignment. This is what I want to do. I'm going to get my foot in the door to get um, to get the policy, to work in the White House, which will give me the gateway, which will be the gateway to policy work. And to give you context, this was 2014. Um, and then I got waitlisted. And I didn't have... I didn't have a backup plan, um, but I was like, oh, it's all going to work out. Like, I'm on the wait list. I'm just doing the security clearance round. I'll be good. Then about a month later, I got a rejection email. And I was, like, devastated because Napu, I had already given up my life in Miami. I was like, okay, I'm going to move back to Maryland, where I'm from. I have the option of staying with my mom or my dad. They'll be supportive while I'm doing this. No plan B. And it was like, it was my rock bottom because I was feeling myself in the pool. I'm like, I got this. And then it didn't work out. And the I'm so glad it didn't work out because immediately after that rejection, that caterpillar moment was, oh, wait, what if we combine entrepreneurship and help foster care youth and alumni become entrepreneurs? So like that one, I really truly believe that wouldn't have happened if I didn't go through that type of rejection. And I felt like I needed something to pull me back to where I was from to have that foundation for it. Cause I was, I was ready. Like, but in the, like in the midst of that, it was hard. I had never dealt with like so much uncertainty before or like not knowing how it was gonna like what my next source, like how I was gonna adequately take care of myself. I didn't have that much savings to fall back on. so. It, but it allowed me to be creative because I had like, I had to ask for favors to live. So, right, and and that's the thing. I know you say like, I I make it clear that I wasn't in the system. I wasn't foster care, but you know, there's certain things in life that you you experience as a whole. Like it's it's universal, and one of the things is being glad something didn't turn out the way that it was supposed to. Um, and I always, you know, I I referred to actually with my last podcast guest, it's about expectations and and when you have expectations and something derails, you tr- focus so much on trying to get it back that when it, and it doesn't go back and it leads you to something else, you just, there's so much energy you spent in that, um, you know, that, that could have been just put towards appreciating this new path. And then just like, being scared and not knowing where you're going to go from there. Like that's something foster children experience, you know, (laughs) a lot throughout their childhoods and and not just once. So in a way, like your story does help them relate. So you, you kind of just get even a taste of of what they've been through. Um, So you've had so many changes in so many different directions of what you're going to do, but what I'm hearing is like, overall, you knew you wanted to help. You knew you wanted to kind of look at the root of the problems and figure out what root you wanted, you wanted to tra- tackle and help with. Yes, I definitely did. And I truly believe that if it weren't for that rejection, I would have gone down a path and probably been like, had a moment when I'm like, mm, something's not right about this. And what I just love about what we provide as a res- as a resource through fosterpreneur is like it doesn't matter your background. Like um, we've worked with foster care alums who have had co- who graduated from college, some who've had no college, some who've had some college. Like and and not even like we don't care what their stories are. So not that I don't care about what happened to them, but like so often there's like oh you know you what's your educational background or like what are your credentials like what are you what are you doing or what have you done we don't care about anything like we meet them where they are and we allow them to show up as who they are and just thinking about the context in America and particularly as people of color in America and a lot of spaces that's not always rewarded or that's encouraged um it's changing in some aspects, but just being real about the reality of the situation. And I, 
And I make it clear, like, I don't want fosterpreneur students to feel like they have to be like me. Like, you don't have to be like me. You don't have to be like William, who is, um, who is our entrepreneur instructor. You don't have to be like any of us. Like, what is your unique selling proposition? What are your goals? What are you looking to do? And how can we help you go from point A to point B or wherever you are in the spectrum? Or even in the sense of, hey, I'm like tasting a little bit of entrepreneurship and I'm deciding this is not for me. We are perfectly fine with that because you know what, Nafu? If we can save someone hundreds or thousands of dollars by not making that decision, that's a win in my book because, um, you know, just looking at our reality in this country, inflation is an issue that's, you know, hurting people's pockets and such. And if and I know that some of our students and some of the young people that I've worked with who have been in foster care, a $500 expense can be a major setback. You know, like that can be the difference between being on the streets and not, you know, or even $100, you know, just being real about that. So not even just like, you know, the, the money part of it, but also when foster children are either aging out of foster care or getting ready to go to college they've gone through a certain amount of trauma that they may not have healed through like they don't need to be pushed into a, a whole nother environment and a whole nother even you know physical environment as well not even just the whole scope of college it's it's nice to know that there's another option besides you know working a job, a dead-end job that they're not passionate about or going, you know, into trades if that's not something they want to do, but they want to be on the business side, but they're not quite ready to make that jump. It's it's amazing to have resources like Fosterpreneur out there. And, you know, a lot of people can go to other employment hubs or other resource hubs, but, um, you know, what What does make Frostopreneur a different kind of resource and a different kind of hub for information and um, kind of pieces of training than, than others? Yeah, so I would say the things that make us unique is that, A, we have a trauma-informed approach. Um, and we also, we don't have a lot of rules. And that might seem kind of weird, like, what? Like, one of the things that is like, you can show up as you are. We don't have an attendance policy. It's like, hey, just make sure you communicate with us. And then the other part of it too is like, we recognize that there is a lot going on in so many people's lives. So it's, it's you show up when you're ready. We record all of the sessions so you're able to play back. Like, I, it has been my experience that with working with foster care youth and foster care alums, that so often things are penalized, right? Like, hey, if you miss three sessions, that's it for you. Right. And I mean- and That's scary, that's a right. lot of anxiety, yeah. Yes, and, and I'm not saying that there is not a place for structure because there is under the right context. But what we understand is like, this is, this is something you're opting into. And this is something that is here as a resource for you. So the door is always open when you're ready. Um, so that's something that we, we really abide by. Um, and just even showing up authentically as yourself. That's something too. And also too, we provide this training and support at no cost to foster care alumni. Um, and there's so many entrepreneurial resources out there, which are fantastic, you know, from the Small Business Association, from business incubators at universities or pitch competitions across just the nation. But we provide a space that not only we don't just care about your progression as quote unquote entrepreneur or learning the space, but like, how are you really? So what's been interesting in our whole process is that We've ended up being being um, more of a resource, like a greater resource than I even anticipated. So what does that look like? I have a background in career coaching um, through um, one of my previous roles, and I've helped students find jobs. So part of that has been like interview prep. Part of that is inter is um, resume building prep, like res like helping tweak resumes. Also, part of that has also been hey, you have a deal, let's talk about negotiation. You know, so like that's stuff that we've done. And then also too, it's been, 
hey, Erica, I need support. Like I need somebody to talk to. Great. You know, for our fosterpreneur students who identify as Black, I'm like, hey, there's a great resource called Therapy for Black Girls. So like when, depending on the nature of our relationships and what they're coming to us as, we've been, we've been providing all these other resources in addition to entrepreneurship because that's what's been asked of us and what's been requested. So it's not just, hey, this is what we're working on. It's like, wow, like you guys are serving as mentors, your resources. I can talk to you about things um, and help navigate. I've even had students ask me about relationship stuff and navigating that. And healthy relationships are such an important part of of business, of, of your career. Like it's not even like, you know, romantic relationships. How to navigate any kind of relationship is important for any child to know. And especially foster children where, their relationship um, elements of, of trust and, and, and bonding has been so broken, maybe not even by their, um, you know, birth parents or parental figures, but also by social workers too, a lot of times. So I think having that open door kind of um, policy per se uh, is, is important because you know, a, a child or someone that's about to age out of foster care system that may be interested in joining fosterpreneur or figuring out what kind of resources are important to them, they'd want to know, like, they can meet me where I'm at. I really do need to work on my relationship building before I go into uh, everything else. So, you know, I, I think that's important. And one of the things I want to ask you is, you know, what are your, the kind of the target, you know, talking as a business, the buyer personas or the target audience that you really see, like, what are, what are the depths of it? Yeah. So, um, when it comes to target audience, like we serve, um, foster care alums, some of them have been young people who've been adopted. Um, some have been in kinship care. Some there's an intersection of homelessness, which is so prevalent in the space. Um, and pretty much we we start at age 18. So we're working with young adults who are 18, but that range has gone to early 30s. So we've worked with we've worked with um foster fosterpreneur students who have been like 30. And one of the reasons why we've expanded that is because there's a certain readiness that you need to have with that. Um and then aside from just the demographic, like aside from age and like kind of lived experience type thing. Um, we've had we've had students apply to Rospreneur from virtually every region of the country except the the northwest the northwestern region, but we've had the Southwest, we've had the South, the Midwest, the Northeast, the Mid-Atlantic region. So um, that's been really cool to see as well. I feel like a lot of foster youth that have been adopted maybe thinking, okay, that's who it's for, because they, they've had a little bit of foundation, they've had this and that, they maybe have the right mindset to get the resources and go be a student, a fosterpreneur, but kind of hearing that you take everyone and, and really have, the, have, have systematically proven that you can meet people where they're at, um, I think that's important to hear and important to know. I think along with that, kind of talking about what people might expect is one of the things that's important for Belong Starts Here is really reinventing what it, the trash bag moment. And so my way of doing that, because I don't think, you know, a child's most precious belongings belongs in a trash bag. I think what belongs in a trash bag are myths and the kind of the negative connotations about foster youth. So I'm gonna ask you, what is one thing about foster care, um, you know, foster care alumni, aging out of care? What's one thing about the world of foster care you want to put in the trash bag? So I'm someone who like looks for strengths and as many situations as possible as I can, just kind of naturally is how my brain is wired. And one of the things that I see and one of the reasons why I feel like foster print, like creating fosterpreneur, like fosterpreneur made sense in my brain, just with the initial thought of it, 
um, was that there's so many strengths that ex that foster care youth have. And the reason why I say it that way is because like how many children, let alone full grown adults, can navigate all these different relationships as a child, right? Like whether that is going to multiple group homes or multiple, just multiple foster care homes, that is a skill, right? So being, being able to pivot and being flexible, that is a real skill. The other thing is grit. Like, so in a sense of getting the attention or the support that you need, like navigating different, different social workers, different agencies, like being being gritty like that is a real skill that I see with so many young people who've had the lived experience of foster care it's like okay I'm gonna figure this out this might be really hard for me but like a lot of people can't deal with can't naturally deal with that type of thing lived experience and be able to adapt and pivot in the ways that I've seen foster care youth do that so like my message like there's so many strengths aside from all the negative statistics that exist that like are exacerbated with the foster care population and just foster youth aging out of the system too so I see that's one reason why I was excited about foster care I'm like oh I know plenty of foster alums who are like who get it done like who are like okay like all right you're not gonna help me I'm gonna figure out another way to do this like maybe I'll go under the radar for a little bit but I'm gonna figure this that's one of the things that I've definitely wanted to talk about too is like there's a lot of lessons in in my personal journey that I've learned in foster care that I now use in business and has helped me become so successful in in my field and in what I do is is because what started out as a survival tactic is now in my skill set. And, and not only that, it's like foster care also taught me how to be resilient. And that's one of the things that I've said in, in one of my interviews when I first kind of got the position that I'm in now, I'm like, you, I can have all the skills in the world that you're looking for. But if a candidate isn't resilient, it doesn't matter because I can have all these skills and something could happen in the company and the environment that those skills might not matter as much. And it's the candidate's ability to be resilient, be able to bounce back, be able to adapt and move forward. That's what's going to matter. So that is something that foster children, you know, above almost anyone else like really has understand understand because we've had to move from home to home we've had to look at our environment and adapt as soon as possible in order to survive and that's a life skill that can't be taught it has to be experienced that and see you Nipu, you perfectly summarize why i see that as a strength right like your your experience no you're i'm sure Napu, you're like, hey, no one can really tell me anything based off of what I've come from and what I've experienced because most, most people wouldn't be able to make it on the other side of that and still be able to thrive. And I'm not, and I'm not dismissing the fact that there are so many who are not, right? So I'm not, I'm and not it takes a long time. It does. It does. Yeah. yeah. So, but I see all of those as um, like are, they're so they're so valuable there's such strengths that take you far and just to, if you're if you're okay with this I have one quick story tied to those strengths yes please so, absolutely um one of our fosterpreneur alums her name is Ashley Ashley has like she is such a superstar um she has three children she experienced human trafficking. And I share this because she's very transparent about her story and she's fine about that. And when I met her, she had self-published three books on her cell phone. On her cell phone. Wow. After she, she was the first member of our virtual cohort and we were able to get her a donated computer and a printer to help her just accelerate her, um, her business. But how many people can write books 
publish them, self-publish them on their cell phones. But he's like, hey, get whatever I have, I'm going to use that. Like most people won't do that. (laughs) Most people that want to don't do it, even if they have a computer. I'm like talking to myself right now. Even if I have a computer and a printer, I it's still like, you know, that's a hub that I, most people wouldn't even get to or want to do, even if they're like, okay, I thought about it. Maybe, you know, eventually I'll yeah. do it. But that, that's what I mean. Like the amount of self-resiliency and self-appreciation for turning her, her wounds into wisdom and her wounds into words, like, and her wisdom into words like that, that's absolutely incredible. Yeah. And I'm like, she, Ashley probably outworks most people I know. Like just most, like when I met her and she written these books on her cell phone, I'm like, hey, you just gave me a whole different perspective to work with. Like here, like, so in my mind, I'm like, that's an example right there of great and resourceful in a whole different way. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That, wow. I like me like, that's really, truly like, thank you. Thank you again for sharing that. Cause I think that like puts together the whole, like the point that I'm trying to get across to people is like, we are not a weakness. Absolutely you know? not. And, and that, that truly shows it. And that, that story, cause, and then that's the other thing I'm like, storytelling is so powerful. And I, I think that's one of the ways that is going to garner the right attention and garner the attention of of people to say, hey, like, I get it. Um, we've we've went through shit, but we also learned a lot, and we also are so resilient and so powerful. And one of the quotes that I, I think of, first of all, I also relate to the phoenix rising from the ashes. Mm. But another thing I relate to is, you know, the saying, "Throw me to the wolves, and I'll come out leading the pack." Mm right? (laughs) I love that. And I'm like, yes, yes, and yes. So along with that, one of the things, because I think quotes are really powerful. It packs a lot of punch in, you know, a few words or a few sentences. So what's a quote that you really resonate with um, that maybe you share with a lot of your students or something that personally keeps you going because I'm sure you hear a lot of stories that that breaks your heart and having the the strength to keep doing this work is there like a quote that you rely on um, that you want to share yes thanks for that question so I will tell you my quote is a quote by Rumi what you seek is seeking you um, this has been a quote probably for that I've like carried with me for almost 10 years now. Um, and the reason why I love it is because like I believe like the thing that you're searching for is searching for you. Like I use that from simple stuff like, oh, I can't find something. And I remind myself what you seek is seeking you. And then it shows up, right? Or just in the sense of just on a bigger level with purpose and goals that I want to accomplish. It's like, okay, maybe in this moment in time, I don't know how that's going to transpire, but I know that thing is looking for me. Um, And thinking about it from a spiritual lens, God, the universe, however anyone, you know, chooses, looks at spirituality, I'm like, you know, the thing that's for me is for me. So it's looking for me and it won't miss me, you know? So I just keep that quote in mind because it just helps ground me, especially when I'm feeling a little frustrated or just in the sense of like, dang, like I need something right now. And it just is a way of appearing. And, and to go along with that, it's like, yes, it's seeking you and it'll find you at the right time. Cause that's, that's a part of it seeking you. It's like, you know, you can, you can try to keep finding it and keep finding it. But once you start taking the steps to create it, creating that bridge so it can find you, that's the perfect time. So when you take that, those first steps into seeking it, whatever that, that may be, it ends up being the perfect time because you're putting in the effort. Nipu, you you said that beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I really, and you know, that's, that's the other thing because like I have 
you know, my top three quotes have got me through a lot and, and that I really personally, like, you know, for almost a decade now too, like really, really strongly stick by, but by meeting all these wonderful professionals or foster care alumni and learning through all these quotes, it's, I've been writing everyone down and, and categorizing them and they all fall under, you know, some form of strength, resiliency, or what's meant to be. And that's so interesting. I don't think that's a coincidence yeah. either. No. And that's what I'm with what you, what you're giving to the world and what you, what you stand for. So I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing I wanted to do this. Cause I, I said um, to my partner, I was like, there's going to be like, I'm going to interview all these people, but there's going to be three or four threads through all of them that winds them all together. And not just that they're involved with foster care, um, but there's going to be something else. And the trash bag, um, you know, what people are putting in the trash bag and debunking and the quotes, I think, is going to help us get there. So I'm really excited to see see where that goes as well. And you have um, to keep me posted because I need to. Oh, yeah, I absolutely no. <laughs> will keep you posted. <laughs> and you have to keep me posted. You know, when we had our overview and you kind of explained what you do, I was like, wow. It's like, where were you? Why didn't I know about this? Um, yeah, so I obviously you're getting the message out there because you're getting um, students from all, you know, all corners of the nation, but um, are you like putting this out there um, to like uh, DCF for Children and Family Services in their newsletters? Like do social workers know about it? What are you doing to make sure um, foster care alumni find out about fosterpreneur? Really good question. That's something that we're working on even more. Um, so for me, it was interesting just at the inception of fosterpreneur, I was like, oh, I don't want to be tied to the child welfare system. Not that there aren't positive things that are happening and they have a role in our society that we need. Right. But I was like, I don't get caught up in the bureaucracy of things. Um, so that was one reason why I strategically chose the age range that we did. Um, and I've had different conversations like with a few years ago with one of the local, um, Ready by 21 in Maryland. Um, one of the coordinators there um, did a session for them just to share with some of the youth who were aging out of care there. But that's definitely an area that we do. Um, I really want to be more intentional about and expand because a lot of what we've been doing has been through my relationships, but also uh -huh. through social media outreach. So yeah. I haven't been going the traditional route with things, but that is something that is an, a huge area opportunity for us to tap into, tap into. What is a, like one piece of advice that you would give to a current um, foster care child? I will say that even in the midst of challenging situations, there are people who are here for you, who are advocating for you, who are creating spaces for you, mm. for you to thrive. There's hope. Yes, there really is hope. Like, you know, it's, I know that it can be really easy to look at all the things that aren't happening, but there are some amazing individuals that are doing amazing work to make the world better for you and to make aging out a much better experience. We kind of gone over the kinds of foster children you do help, but what have, have you ever been stopped from really bringing out their full potential? And if so, is it usually because of that, that person's mindset? Yeah, so um, I will say one of the things that um, has been a little bit of a challenge is that unless I had a previous relationship with someone who's gone through fosterpreneur, we only have you for a window of time, eight weeks, 
before we changed it to eight weeks, it was six weeks. And when you think about that in the grand scheme of your life, six weeks, eight weeks, especially if you didn't know me before, you just found me. That's and especially for foster children too, right? Exactly. Exactly. So change does no change ever happens overnight and any change that looks like it happens overnight there's a lot of behind the scenes work that's happened to make it look like it's happened overnight right so what's been challenging is like when I don't hear from certain students who I may not have enough feedback from for why I decided not it wasn't going to be a right fit right and my mind goes oh is there a resource or is there something we could have done but also recognizing that who we are serving in the sense of, man, there's so much, like there's so much uncertainty, like foster care youth and foster care alum have the patterns of being transient. So like, it's not personal, right? So um, there's, um, I would say that's, that's one thing that's yeah. been a bit of a challenge and like how sure. I, how we look at what that looks like and what that means. Okay. Um, you know, you kind of, you answered this a little bit when you talked about what kind of advice would you give to a current foster children, but pretend that I am a foster mom or foster dad, a foster parent, and I'm talking to my foster child that's about to age out of care, and I want them to know about fosterpreneur. What should my spiel be to kind of get them interested to even sit down and talk uh, with fosterpreneur or even look you guys up and and see what you do? Yeah, so what I would say first, depending on your relationship (laughs) with the foster care child, you may not be the right person to deliver. Or a social worker. Or a social worker. So that's that's something that like I'm, I'm, I'm cognizant of and mindful of. But I would say like, the thing that's really cool in this space is entrepreneurship is portrayed as this thing as super sexy, right? Like this whole thing of influencer life, social media, all of that is all smoke and mirrors, right? But um, hey, a lot of people don't want to be their own boss. I mean, they don't want a boss. They want to do what they want to do. So like, I feel like that cash line is really enticing. Like, do you have a business idea or a business or like, are you, do you not want to work for anybody? And most, I think about Generation Z and the generation who's after Generation Z, however we define that. They may be like, yeah, I don't want to work for anybody. I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. And then that like sparks a little bit of curiosity. So like, I feel mm-hmm. like a little bit of that rebellious spirit yeah. is yeah, yeah. a way to get people curious. Now, maybe they realize like, oh, this is more work and I didn't sign up for this. But I feel like that, like as a foster parent, as a social worker, if you know someone who has ideas, who's just really talented in different ways, like, hey, have you thought about making that a business? Have you thought about how you can make money off of that? Have you thought about, hey, what it would be like to not, to work for yourself and not have to answer to anybody? So that's how I would describe it. Okay. See, listening to you now, I'm like, I could use that, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, do you have, you know, within that, cause I am within the age group, but I'm wondering, cause I don't want to take away resources from someone else that could actually use it more. So, you know, it's like, cause there are a lot of successful foster alumni out there and maybe, you know, they hear this podcast and they think the same thing. They want to see if there's any more resources that they can get. Do you encourage that um, or are, do you mainly focus on kind of ground zero and building a foundation? So I'm so glad you you asked me this question because one of the things we've been talking about as a team is what does Fosterpreneur 2.0 look like, right? Mm-hmm. We've been so focused on those who are curious or just at the initial stages, but there are plenty of those who are beyond those stages. And it's like, how do I scale from, let's say if you're making a few thousand dollars a month to more than that, you know, like, are we in the space or like, what do we need to do to provide that resource? Is that something that's wanted and necessary? So those are things that we're just like questions that, <laughs> Naboo raises her hand. <laughs> those are questions that we're looking to address is like, what does that look like? And I'll tell you what's been really cool for me is 
when I had the initial had that initially had the idea of entrepreneur, I had all these different iterations in my mind. Like I thought, oh, we'd be kind of like Shark Tank at one point, all of that. And like getting, going through the experience and learning like, okay, we're not, we're not going to be like Shark Tank. We're not going to own equity or do anything like that. We're providing this as a resource that's at no cost to foster those who've been impacted by the system, you know? And um, and what does it look like for those who are coming to the space at different levels, right? So like, I didn't know what that would look like back then, but now as we see like, hey, there are those who need more than what we have to offer. What does that look like? Do we, do we expand in that space or do we just look to others who can help in that way? But I'll tell you- yeah, like yeah. I'll, I'll tell you through our students who've been like, we're craving a, a formal alumni network and that we've been building that is, you know what, that's something that's, that's needed. Good. Yeah, you know? that's very needed. Absolutely. Um, and then I guess so along that lines, because I, I feel like a lot of the successful foster alumni that I talk to, they're doing something to give back. They're successful in terms of giving back to the foster care community. So they would be a great resource or, or any resource out there that may learn about fosterpreneur and is interested in going into your directory of resources. How does that work? Yeah, so I, the, I love talking to people. So the way they can get involved is literally just reaching out to me. So part of that is you can contact me via email. Um, and my email is Erica. So I spell it E-R-I-C-A at Fosterpreneur. So that's F-O-S-T-E-R-P-R-E-N-E-U-R.org. Um, but you also can search my name, Erica Myers, and connect with me on LinkedIn. Send me a message. Like, I'm, I'm totally open to connecting on LinkedIn. Um, and then also, too, you can find us via social media. We're the most active on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is fosterpreneurs. So you can find me via email. You can find me via LinkedIn. You can find us via IG. We do have a Twitter and Facebook, but IG is the place to, to get the most. I feel like, you know, I like look up everything on Instagram now and you can even shop on Instagram too. So it's like, you know, that's, that's mainly what I've been focused on. And, um, that's actually how we connected as well. So exactly, definitely yeah. give her a follow, um, on fosterpreneur. Yeah. And if you want to send me a DM, that's fine too. And I didn't even mention our our official site is fosterpreneur.org. So um, we do have a blog there too, if you kind of just want to know just certain stories tied to what we've done. Um, and you can also contact me via the website there too as well. So website, social media, LinkedIn, even though LinkedIn is social media, <laughs> you know, smoke signals, I, you can find me. All anyway, all of, whatever. all of that. <laughs> so uh, lastly, give me high level um, you know, because one of the things, especially as a foster care alumni and a foster child, that really kind of the hesitation that I've always had is the unexpected. Like, what what am I actually getting myself into? What does it look like? Like, I always need that laid out. Um, so high level, what does the those uh, eight weeks look like? Yeah, really good question. So part of the eight weeks looks like group cohort models, but also individual coaching. So through the group cohort models, we're doing the intro to entrepreneurship, where it's like, where's your idea? Like, where are you in that stage? Your target mark, like, what is your target audience, your target market? And that is a thing that when you, you can take a really, really deep dive with that. And like, you want to know that who you're who your avatar is or who your target market is like intimately you want to know the language that they speak you want to know where they hang out you want to know the things that their hobbies you want to know where they where they spend their time on social media you want to know what their pain points are you want to know what um what their visions are for the future you want to know how much money they make you want to know what cities they live in you want to know all of those things right so because the more those fire personas right the more 
the more intimate you are with your target audience and your target customer, the more you're able to connect with them, which means that you're able to convert them and you're able to exchange value, right? So um, what we have found, um, and um, I wish William were here because he can speak even more eloquently <laughs> about our curriculum than I can, um, that many of our students pretty much like stop there at kind of like the target market, the target audience right now. But like what the value is, aside from the just the the group cohort model and learning from each other in that ways are the ones on ones because everybody comes to us in very different stages in very different places and have very different needs so having the individual plus the group makes it such a powerful experience also the thing is that i share when i do my intro calls before someone even decides to like go through the next step in the process um the next step in the fosterpreneur process or screening process more so to speak is what you put into it is what you get out of it right so like, no one's going to do the work for you. We're not going to say, oh, you didn't do your homework. Let's like, that's on you, right? Like, and that's part where part of that ownership piece comes into it while we meet you where you are at the same time. Nice. Okay. So th that, that was, you know, you kind of answered what I was going to ask is, do you have an initial kind of overview or intro call to really just know where they're at and then place them into the program? Yeah, and to, to elaborate a little further with that, what it looks like is you fill out an application, really short right now, then I send an email, then it's like book time on my calendar so we can do a quick 15 minute conversation. And then I'm really transparent in the conversation, just, oh, I give an intro of myself, an overview, and I say, hey, if this is for you, we love to, if not, totally fine. And then the next step is a Zoom interview. And that Zoom interview isn't to like weed anybody out, but the way it stands for us is we want to hear you talk how you talk about yourself. Because no matter whether or not you decide to do fosterpreneur or not, you got to be able to, to um, sell yourself, whether that's selling your business or selling yourself in an interview, all of those things, right? So we just wanna see that, but also wanna know, are you gonna follow through? Because if you're not gonna do those two steps, then everything else is gonna be a struggle. And most of, when it comes to like our, um, our, our attrition rate or, you know, just, the rate of um, students finish completing our program. Um, most of them who go through both steps, I mean, anyone who goes through both steps is accepted at this point. But we're really proud that most of our students do end up completing the, whether it's been six weeks for them or eight weeks. Now, maybe they didn't get as far as they like, but they've been consistent um, and communicated with us um, throughout their entire time. Okay. And what is kind of, the end goal for um, fosterpreneur students? Um, the end goal is very individualized. Like, so the way that I look at that is the end goal is, hey, it can be, oh, I learned a little bit about entrepreneurship and like, I'm not ready. I learned a little bit of entrepreneurship and I'm like, I don't want to do this. I've learned a little bit of entre about entrepreneurship and I've been able to apply that as an entrepreneur and be able to advocate for myself in the workplace or it's been, hey, I've been able, like I'm taking full advantage of this and I've been able to grow my business. So I think about two particular students who, one's a photographer, um, another student, Ashley, who I mentioned before, who have been like, oh, we're taking this and running with this and we're getting funding for our business. We're getting more customers. So it's it's been it's been a whole range and it's been really cool to see because it looks different for everybody and that's okay. Erica, thank you very much for your time. Oh, I, really it is my pleasure. I really enjoyed getting to, you know, know about Fosterpreneur. And I think overall, it just, it gives me a lot of hope that you're doing this and this resource is out there. Um, and I'm glad we got to kind of dive into this perspective of, of yourself, uh, how you got started, perspective of your students, and also kind of the perspective of a social worker or foster parent that's trying to kind of bring awareness to fosterpreneur and, you know, how they would kind of interact with 
their own, um, their own, and within their own circle and really get to know about Fosterpreneur more. So I'm excited to see if there's a Fosterpreneur 2.0. I would love to have you back on again to talk about that or just to see where, where Fosterpreneur goes. Napu, I will definitely come back and speak with you because I feel like we just touched the surface with things and I know that we can talk for a long time. So I'm excited to just continue to update you on our progress and our journey and just discuss ways that we can continue to support each other and what we do. Absolutely, because that's that's what we can do, right? We have to have each other's backs and and meet where meet people where they're at always, you know, it, no matter what you do, no matter who you're doing it with, like that's going back to like relationship building, that's so important. It really is like, I tell whether that's been some other students I worked with fosterpreneur or just even mentees that I've had outside of the fosterpreneur space. I'm like, it is all about your relationships. Like, it's not about who knows you. It's not about like, it's not about who you know. I almost messed that up. It's not about who you know, but it's really who knows you, you know, like, like that's the, and the relationships are just like, will open doors for you like in ways that degrees or like credentials won't necessarily do so I'm a huge advocate of of building those relationships yeah I mean that's what you do you open you open windows if not doors um for foster care alumni and and I'm really like I'm so happy to have met you and I'm so happy to have had the chance to speak with you and I'm I'm really excited for all the lives that that you help and that you touch and and I'm I'm excited for you and I'm excited for Fosterpreneur and I'm excited that there's a resource out there for them and a woman that's behind it that truly cares. Oh no cry. <laughs> no, like it's I I'll I'll, t- I'll tell you like I I feel honored that I was given this vision Mm -hmm. um, because like sometimes I'm thinking like, am I the right person to do this? Like, and then I get reminded, I'm like, you know what? Like I am like, it's forced me to grow in different ways. And like, I see this, I see fosterpreneur as a way to break cycles. Like, you know, I, I, because the way that our current system is set up, like entrepreneurship is a vehicle that can dramatically transform lives and it can help keep families together, which can help strengthen communities, which can help strengthen like cities, which can help strengthen, like I see this so much bigger and not not everyone who goes through is gonna like have that and that's fine and I'm fine with it. But like, I see so much potential through it through a space that a lot of people overlook so it's really it's really a privilege to do this it really is thank you for listening to this episode of belong starts here podcast i'm so excited for our next podcast where we're going to be talking about what it means to have resilience after going through childhood trauma we're going to be bringing on resilience ninja alex Until next time, I'm Nifnika Coe.